What's up, people? Welcome to the Park Church Podcast. I'm your host, James Lapine. And on this show for the year of 2018, we are talking with church planners, campus ministers, overseas ministers, and local organizations with which Park Church partners financially. That was a mouthful. Uh, We've already talked with several church planners this year. We're now talking with some um, uh, campus ministers. And so this month on the show, I talk with Sam Perez. He and his wife, Rebecca, are in Granada, Spain with their three children at the university there working with crew. Um, And so we talked about uh, what they're up to, uh, the challenges that they faced, um, how we can continue to pray pray for and support them. Um, and we also just get to hear a lot of uh, funny stories from Sam. He's he's uh, quite the likable guy. I'm sure you'll uh, enjoy him. A, a Spaniard with a British accent. Um, and so we hear the story of how he kind of accidentally proposed to his wife the first time around and then did it more formally uh, the second time around. And uh, we hear about uh, his favorite movie. Uh, we hear about what it was like to, to be in a different culture. They were here in Denver for a couple of years raising support. Uh, and, and getting prayer partners, and so what it was like to be uh, from Spain, but then also living in uh, the UK for a bit, and then coming over here and trying to assimilate. And, uh, it's really a good, honest conversation with Sam, uh, and, and a lot of fun too. So I will not tell you anything more about it. I'll just let you listen to it. Uh, here is the interview with Sam. Well, hey Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey James, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's it's so good to hear your voice. I haven't seen you in what feels like years. How long has it been? I know. Yes. Well, we came we came uh, for a while actually in 2015. Okay. We went very quickly for for a brief uh, visit. Uh, I, I believe it was 20. 20- 17 okay. uh, for Christmas time and all that and uh, we did go to park but it was very very brief so uh, I don't think we even actually saw each other then well I miss you and I'm not sure about that yeah <laughs> anyways <laughs> yes, <been> long time <laughs> um, for folks who, who don't miss you or don't know who you are uh, uh-huh. right. <laughs> tell them the, the Sam Perez story definitely well my name is Sam Sam Perez and uh uh, well, a student recently actually told me, Sam, you are an 18th century Englishman in the body of a Spaniard. And I think that's actually what best describes me. <laughs> I'm a very confusing person for too many, many people. Um, but the, the short story is uh, I'm Spanish and I uh, grew up in Spain. I'm married to Rebecca. Rebecca Perez, and we are both uh, members of Park Church, uh, covenant members of Park Church, and because of our, of our work as missionaries with with the, with crew, the, the U.S. Ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ International, we actually live uh, in Granada. I'm not from Granada. I'm originally from the south, uh, I live a little bit more south than, than Granada, uh, but we live here, we've been living here for ever since we came in 2015, yes. Mm. And so you grew up in southern Spain, mm-hmm. and then yes. where did you go from there? I grew up in a, in a, actually the place, the village. It's a very low-income, low-education place called, uh, translated literally, literally means the line of the conception. <laughs> and it was actually the line in World War Two and the Civil War in Spain uh, between the Brits in, in the Rocco Gibraltar and, uh, and Spain, 
and because we have a dictatorship and and so it was that the fire line of of, of the battle that's actually how the village became it's a hundred years old really it's not that old um and uh and so i'm, I'm from there originally and and i came to granada to read my degree in 2005 I'm, I'm an english major and i went to, to i came actually here to granada to to read my degree on english studies uh and then Got involved with crew uh, as a you know mission and stuff. I met some lovely people from Arkansas, from Little Rock, and, and I'm sure you could relate to that, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Did I know that? Yes, uh, I don't think so. No. <laughs> okay. There, there's uh, one of these missionaries here uh, was uh, from Little Rock, Arkansas, and for me it was okay. Some somewhere in the states, didn't know anything about <laughs> the states. I was never been in the states in my life before, and so it was like okay, nice. But they were very friendly girls, and so uh, we were practicing English and and all that, and uh, we found uh, that oh, I found out really that they they were Christians, and I was like, wow, well, I'm a Christian too. I said, oh, that's lovely, and eventually we actually started having Bible studies in my house and whatnot, and got involved with that. In between all that, uh, I moved to lived in the UK, hence the accent. I lived in, <laughs> in Nottingham. Uh, and before that, age 16, I went to also to live in, in a different part of, of England, in, in the Cheshire County, uh, in a place actually called Crewe as well, spelled <laughs> differently. Uh, so I uh, was involved with Crewe, uh, and through Crewe, I met my wife, Rebecca, uh, who was already a missionary in in Madrid, mm. in in Spain as well, and we were we met each other we uh, during the the way of Saint James, in northern Spain. And at first, I really think too much of her, really, to be honest. <laughs> it was more like, it's it, it, to be fair, I really was not very much into Americans whatsoever, and, and it was very funny because I, I all I remember from her was this crazy girl jumping everywhere every <laughs> single morning without coffee, which is weird because I actually needed the coffee to do to do the pilgrimage. We use the pilgrimage as a sort of a, a way of talking to students uh, about the gospel and all yeah. that. It's a very great opportunity. So we did that, and years later in the same area we were having a training. They challenged me to pray uh, and consider the possibility of joining the staff because the Lord had given me some gifts that could benefit the ministry. I said, well, I did, wouldn't mind. I decided to join staff with crew. And uh, so I went to this training. And there she was. She was actually my boss. <laughs> and uh, it was very good. I actually got to see her hands on on the ministry. Uh, and it was wonderful. It really was. Uh, hmm. I said, oh, Becca's actually not that weird. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so very soon after that, we started started dating two months later proposed to marry me uh and nine months later we got married yes we were very fasty on everything uh yes we got married in 2010 uh in that summer i actually was i finished my my finals of my degree in june was receiving another training in in july from from crew and the spanish side and then got married in august so it was really crazy oh my goodness (laughs) uh and so, yes, we've been married for eight years. We've got three wonderful children, two boys and one girl, Alex, Robert, and Kayla. And, uh, yes, we live right now in, in Granada. Okay. Were you were you nervous to propose to your boss? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, uh, by the time I proposed, I sort of 
hinted it. It was in Mad- we were in Madrid really one day. I was living in Granada as a student, as I said. So I would go to visit her in Madrid, and the bus drive, the coach ride, it was was absolutely a nightmare. It was painful and <laughs> uncomfortable and all that. So one of these visitings that I did. Uh, we, I remember very vividly. We were in the in the tube in the underground, the metro thing, and Becca was looking at the maps because I literally get lost every single time we go to Madrid <laughs> on the tube. And it was she was looking at the map, and I was just commenting on the fact that it's very annoying to be, you know, traveling all the time to see each other. And so I made this comment, uh, and I said, uh, well, "We might as well just get married." And she said, "Okay, we'll talk to my father." <laughs> I said, "Wait, I just, I just told you we could get married." And he said, "Yeah, it's okay. We'll talk to my father." <laughs> said, oh dear! So indeed, I actually had to talk to my now father-in-law and my mother-in-law oh, wow. and, and ask for their blessing. And it was so hilarious because if you could actually have seen me uh, to ask and and, and ask for for Becca's hand. I was on Skype, very well dressed. You know how preppy I am yeah. with my bow tie and yeah. all that. So I went, by that time, I was actually wearing a, a tie, my jacket and my shirt and all that. But it was quite hot at that time. So I was wearing shorts and my slippers, my flip-flops at home. <laughs> and so from from here, waist up, it was all preppy and nice. And so I, I asked for Becca's hand and I got it. But I actually officially proposed her properly and in a much better way. Here in Granada, we have uh, this great palace. It's called the Alhambra Palace. It's one of the wonderful uh, architectural buildings of the Muslim world that we have even to this day. And it's absolutely romantic. It, people just go there to take pictures and all that. So I actually proposed her there. I bought this bouquet of three roses and put it there on the in the palace. I had someone uh, watch the fl- roses because, you know, they can pick it up very easily, people that are not supposed to. And uh, I went there, and uh, and we were. Becca came to visit me in Granada and said, well, "Let's go for a walk." So when we walked a, a very long hike, we got there to to the palace, and and I proposed to her there. And indeed, I nailed down on the floor, which is very very unheard of in Spain, uh, but I know for American culture, it, it had to happen that way. I got to get my knee on the ground and and ask her to marry me so it was there I was yeah everyone looking and it was just uh, so embarrassed really <laughs> <But> yeah <laughs> i, I love don't that. regret it though yeah no i'm sure you don't i, I love that story um yeah it's crazy so were you raised mm-hmm. in a christian home uh, that's a funny one really because i was i would say no okay. uh but because in the i was i'm 31 years old and in the 80s in Spain, Spain was Catholic Spain. Nowadays, uh, I would still say that we are on paper, but we're no longer that way. Uh, but back then, even if you were not Christians or believers, you would be exposed to Christianity, whether you like it or not. Hmm. And so I grew up in a family. Uh, my father is an atheist, very much an atheist. He actually recently picked up Darwin's, uh, one of Darwin's work and he said this is my bible so okay well <laughs> congratulations mm. wow. <laughs> so uh, just in, in a way for him to see that as, as you know all sciences i was i would call him a scientist a scientist in the sense of looking into science as the ultimate goal and solution in life mm. you know in scientism and all that uh and I, he's been always that way my mom is nominal catholic and uh, what that means really is yes we would go to to church and to mass in in the CEO Christian Catholic way, you know, the mm-hmm. Christmas and Easter only, mm-hmm. and 
so the the background definitely was Christian in in, in Roman Catholic ways, uh, and they would never actually be opposed for me to pursue to pursue that interest of, of my faith, which the Lord by His grace actually was touching ever since I was a very young man. Hmm. So my family are not Christians, but I I was allowed to go to mass, you know, and to have my catechesis and all that. And uh, um, I age when I was a teenager, sort of that. It, it was when I actually was more of a yes, this is my faith, really. Before it was, I I, I would say it, it was also authentic, but in a way, uh, as a teenager, is when I actually realized, well, no, this is me. There's nothing and no one else but Jesus for me hmm. in this sense. And it was actually through the sacrament of co- confirmation that the Catholic Church offers and, and does. Um, I had a, a my catechist there, um, which he would have us talk about really having a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, and so that was very appealing to me. <laughs> I said, yes, you can't do it on your own. You need God. And, and guess what? God actually sent his son for you. And you can have a personal relationship with him. And so that was really the way I grew up. And then as a teenager, I was, yes, a, a believer. Um, but yes. Gotcha. Was, okay. In a way, in a way, Christian. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, so you marry Rebecca. And then how did, uh-huh. how did you all make it out to Denver? <laughs> yes, of course. So I uh, married Becca. We were married, and the way the policy in crew is is Becca was already staffed with crew, right? So um, the policies of uh, of that time in crew was uh, married couple ca- couples cannot be uh, one member from from crew in Spain, for instance, or elsewhere, and another member. Uh, from crew the state side and it was just basically for for logistic reasons it's sometimes the job requires you to to move around and if you're not both on the same boat basically it will make the the family and, and the whole thing the whole marriage quite difficult mm-hmm. and so uh they gave us uh, a time of praying and discernment about which side to pick really uh whether we would stay in the in the spanish side or the u.s side and um and and so after two years of doing that, we we felt very clear that um, we needed to move to to this um, to the U.S. side, uh, and that was really how we got to to Denver. How I went to the states even uh, at first. Well, no, the second time was actually um, I went through my another again through my pro- process of of crew training in in Orlando and Florida there and all that. Or the theological training, and and then we came back home, and home for us is Denver. In, it's actually Thornton because m- my mother-in-law lives there, okay. and Becca's adulthood was Colorado. Uh, even though she's she grew up in California, she she studied at C- uh, CSU, and and so Colorado is more of a home base for us. Gotcha. And we landed in Denver in part church really because at that time was the the most northern church that we could find uh, linked to uh, at that time Acts 29 I believe we're still connected to that are we not mm-hmm. yeah. uh, right right so it, it was just by mere chance and the, the moment we went there we fell in love with it mm. it was the right the right thing in the right place for us the right family really because it's not what we get from it it's like do we fit here can we give ourselves here mm. and, and it was right the spot really mm-hmm. yeah and you were here a couple of years were you both just working or what were you doing right so uh, when I finished my training in Florida I came to 
Colorado to build up this uh, team of prayer and financial partners. And that was quite the, the learning curve for me, to be honest, because I was trying to get to know the culture, mm. uh, the, the Christian culture even, uh, which we don't particularly have that much, or we didn't have that much in, in, in part church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, there was a Christian culture. And so I was trying to learn to be a man, really, <laughs> went mm. quite different to being a man in Europe as a Christian man in 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 part church, a part church, and also as my job, building up this team of prayer financial partners. So it, it was, yes, it was quite difficult uh, at times, but uh, we were there for a period of year, three years trying to build up this uh, this team of prayer and financial partners. Okay. Once we got that, we, we were, uh, you know, challenged and uh, encouraged and all, and basically deported, no, just, <laughs> just sent to <laughs> sent back to, to Spain, which is where we felt our calling and the need that we've seen uh, so much, you yeah. know, especially specifically in Granada. Yeah. What are the differences that you felt? You talk about being a man or being a Christian yes. man uh-huh. in European or, mm-hmm. or American culture. What are right. the differences there? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it was quite different for me because, uh, for one, uh, I was not used to talking to men about my faith. That is hmm. something that I did not grow up with and I was not used to. Uh, I very little knew about the Broncos and all that. So <laughs> I, there's so much I could talk about, really, yeah. uh, when I was there. Uh, and and one, one thing that I noticed as well is the, the cultural barriers. I always felt, well, I can, here in Spain, I cannot talk about football because I don't understand, nor do I play very well football, <laughs> European soccer, really, European yeah. football. Yeah. And so I was thinking, well, uh, I just just move on to other conversations, and surprisingly, uh, here the the barriers of wi- gender really, women and men, is not that that cl- that sort of that strict in a way. Mm. Uh, and so, I would t- well, just move on to the group of ladies that we were talking. I would talk and, and talk about normal things as well, things that I actually could relate with, like my kids or you know things of like that. Yeah. Uh, but when I went to the states, uh, that was not the case. It's in a I found it that way. I, I don't know if actually it was a, a wrong perception of me, but I found it it was not appropriate for a married man to just move on to a group of women just to talk. It's, it's, huh. What are you doing? <laughs> you do not do that. And thank goodness I picked up soon enough to not do it. But but yeah, it was it was a bit difficult because then I would be confined to this uh, sector that I didn't know how to relate to because mm. I was not American and I was not. Uh, yes, I, I, you know, in a way, I didn't know how to talk as a, about matters that really was pertaining to you know men and in the in the environment. So it was sure. a bit difficult in that sense. Hmm. And of course, then the the added part was, in my case, it was extra hard because because of my job and and, and my task to to really build up this team of prayer and financial partners. Whenever I uh, would encounter a group. I always got that sense that perhaps they are not really relating because they might think that and they're just for the ultimate reason of actually getting to know to mm. know them and meet with them for my team. It's not at all. I'm actually looking for friends. <laughs> I'm looking for people to talk to. And sure enough, I mean, to be honest, in all fairness, lots of people actually turn up that way in part church. 
are mostly um, the vast majority from the leadership board, uh, the elders and, and, and people like you and, 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 uh, Olympic, <laughs> Joel yeah. and, and many others, uh, other people that, that time. It was brilliant. Uh, cause I no longer felt the weirdo, you know, I said, no, I actually want to have a, a, a conversation with you because I'm a father like you and mm. yeah, I live here. I do not really know what else to talk about really. <laughs> and so it was a bit difficult at times, you know, the, the, that sense of loneliness mm. uh, that I felt very much uh, outside of Park Church and then even within Park Church to a certain degree, but not that much. Mm. So it was difficult, but it was good because I, I learned a lot from the Lord as well there. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, three years is is a while to be. It really is <laughs> trying to to build something. Yeah, but yes, my goodness, yes. But you yes, got there, indeed. right? You did you get to one hundred percent support? Oh, absolutely, yes, yeah. we we did. The Lord is really faithful. We mm. truly believe that. And at first, there were times in which I said, I I just believe it. This in my head, but not in my heart. <laughs> uh, but it really was, uh, I, I really got revelation in my life, uh, a smack in the face, sort of saying, wake up, I'm here, I'm real. Really. Mm. And uh, uh, it was, in a way, you know, bringing back, I was uh, thinking of, of, of uh, the last sermon that I've, that I've read from Power Church, you know, in, in, uh, from the podcast. And I was thinking, yeah, that's actually, in a way, he was God touching my hip <laughs> mm. in, in many ways, you know, very gently telling me, you cannot do it on your own, mate. You can't really figure out by yourself. You need me big time and yeah. you need to trust me. Yeah. Don't figure out and don't have it sorted for yourself. And that was really me. Absolutely. Mm. All through. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's good. Um, okay. So you've been in, back in Granada now for three years. Mm-hmm. How's it going? Yes. It's been terrific. It's been absolutely wonderful. Since then, I've been promoted uh, to local director, okay. uh, which it comes with a lot more of work, but it's actually wonderful. You know, ever since I came, there's been uh, wonderful things and also areas of improvement, and it's it's been wonderful and great to be able to uh, actually be used by the Lord in, in in that way and the things and ideas that I thought would be best implementing them and actually working for the better you know mm. one of the you know sort of uh, the challenges so to speak of of the that part was uh, to leap well and humbly for my part you know mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't know really how to do that and so learning uh, when people would ask me well how's that the new role being I said well I found it myself more on my knees <laughs> more mm. often yes asking God for forgiveness of all my messed up and also for him to intervene because otherwise nothing can be done really yeah, so that's good on a personal level but then on a on a ministry level as well because um it grew a big one of the big biggest push really has been uh for effective reasons uh to do or uh, to move around the the what we call the slm student-led movements on campus and uh, in that the more students that actually get involved, the, the more students that we can actually reach. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we we did on paper we were a student left movement movement here in Granada, uh, but really not because we had this distinction between the staff who meet uh, separately from the students. We sort of sorted out everything, and then we come back to the students and sort of encourage them to do what we already uh, have planned. Is a well. 
and, and this is not criticizing the previous management or anything like that because it was what it was and we did whatever we could with what we had. But we were at the right time now in which we could incorporate new students and key students, le student leaders into our meetings. And so it's no longer staff deciding, but actually the students decide mm. and we get to help them with wisdom and guidance and experience into how to do that best. And, and so we shaping ever since I've been that way uh, uh, promoted to director, we've been shaping the ministry locally to that level. And it's working out so far so good. We we have divided our ministry into little missions according to the interest of the students. And so we right, currently really we have three missions. One that's talking about Christianity as a you know as a religion and what really that entails. Another one is uh, uh, one we called uh, Kunglish because is uh, well, playing words, and in that we do uh, you know just students to practice English and stuff like that in a tea house, and and then a humanitarian one uh, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus on our city, uh, and so we do that as well with the students. Uh, and this past semester, we've been uh, going out on Friday nights to, um, to to meet with homeless people and talk to them, treat them as human beings, and uh, sometimes give them food, give them clothing, hmm. and also give them prayer and the Word of God sometimes. Hmm. And so uh, it's been really encouraging uh, to see that that's actually done by the students. And, and sometimes actually students tell me, no, Sam, we're not going to do that. But they, I said that, and the director said, well, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I said, okay, well, <laughs> you know, I, I, in, that, in a way, it's sometimes challenging as well to, to think, you know, this is theirs, and so I need to abide to what they say. <laughs> and it, it, but, but it's good in a, in a good way, because even that, that you say, I know better, trust me, I know better, it's not going to work. And yet you can see God doing through them way better than me, you know. And it's just really crazy <laughs> to see it happening. It really is wonderful. It really is amazing. And, and <laughs> we having students trust in Jesus, not by the hundreds, really, unfortunately, but at least getting curious and getting to know more about who King Jesus is, really. It's not these people that we think is, mm. this person that he think, we think he is, really, but, but rather a more tangible, real person and, and that they ever thought that he could be, really. And yeah. So it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So, okay, so you're working... Uh, at the University of Granada, is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. okay. Correct. Yes. And the, so you, we we only have one. Yeah. And, and so you have these three groups of students, or, or not? Maybe not groups of students, but three yeah. areas that you're focusing uh -huh. with them on: Christianity, right. English, and then and then being the hands and feet yes. of Jesus, mission, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, yes. And so your job correct. is just to sort of empower the students to make more disciples and to. Um, to do to do that work on campus is that right indeed indeed okay. yes uh, okay. so basically that's uh, the, all this staff here what we do we call ourselves facilitators yeah. and the students are the the, the leaders of this we the word lead in spanish doesn't really work for us in mm. spain because uh be, as i said before we had a dictatorship so the leader is actually a bad thing <laughs> we have all these negative connotations even to this day 
So students, if you say, okay, all right, you're, you're the leader now, they say, no, 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 I cannot be the leader. Mm. But if you call them, you're the responsible, you're the person in charge, okay, then they can do that. Gotcha. So we call them responsibles. Okay. And so the responsibles do move along along the their interests, really. So, well, okay, I think we can reach our peers with this or that. Mm-hmm. In this case, we have these these three different missions. But yeah. it can change. It can change from one year to the other, from sure. one term to the other. Sure. Uh, and then we have the, uh, uh, the the staff that are there present with them to answer questions and to also to be present. That sometimes I go to and the facilitator of the one about about Christianity and what all the yeah. all that is all about. So the questions they don't know how to answer, I'm there to provide with that answer. You know, um, mm-hmm. without taking the leadership that they have gained, because they can actually reach to their student. Uh, classmates and, and, and other peers really much better than I can. Mm-hmm. And so that's the idea. And they they go out and, and they, they talk to other people, to students, but also our staff, when we're not doing uh, this stuff with, with, with the students, the, the key students, we go to campus and we meet new students uh, on our own to, to basically engage in conversations. We can't really say, would you like to know about Jesus or anything about that related any remotely close to that, uh, but we can definitely have a conversation and get them to know their story, where they are, and they get curious about us, and then we can talk and, and start a friendship there, and eventually we can talk to them sure. about Jesus as well. Yeah, yeah. It takes time. Got to build trust. Yes, yes it does. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what is Rebecca doing? Becca is extremely busy. Yeah. Uh, at home as well as in the ministry. She, uh, ever since uh, I was promoted, basically, she she had to, of course, reduce uh, her workload on the field because someone had to take care of, the, of, of our kids. Yeah. And uh, we we actually do homeschooling in okay. here, in Spain, and so it takes a lot of time, as yeah. you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, she does uh, 99% of, of the homeschooling, really. Yeah. Uh, besides that, she actually does disciple some uh, student girls uh, that she's been having relationship with mm. for, for years. And, and she has about about four or five students. And uh, then she goes when she's free uh, um, to campus to, to meet uh, new brand new students as well. Mm-hmm. And, and then nationally, she's in charge of... Uh, of the prayer of the staff, basically. Mm. So, uh, when when we're talking about the ministry of students, she sort of coordinates um, praying together as a as a whole global national uh, team and all that. And then on top of that, uh, I also do the podcast nationally about anything the students might be interested on um, with another with another guy from from Valencia okay. from from the from the east actually but yeah so but she's really busy she really is <laughs> uh, my goodness I don't know how she does it really it's how, like, wow she's yeah she's uh, she's amazing you lucked out there good job she really is um, <laughs> how old are your kids yeah she really is Alex is five about okay. to be six in July yeah in July sorry and uh, Robert is four he just turned four and Kayla is two years old, like yours. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, yeah, so you can tell. I mean, we're just going through the terrible, 
terrible twos right now, <laughs> and she's she's having the sassiness of Spain, and she even uh, nags and you know just nags at me, and she oh, complains yeah. to me and all that. Yeah. Don't don't do this! You know, oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, so yes, she definitely is a, a bossy girl. <laughs> are they learning English and Spanish? They are, yes, okay. both the three of them. I mean, they really are. Most of the time, we're speaking in in, in English. Uh, also, because of legal reasons, sometimes uh, homeschooling is not it's not technically legal in Spain, but it's not legal either. So, uh, <laughs> by default, we speak in English because that way people will think, oh, well, they they are foreigners, so of course they're not <laughs> going to take the kids to school, and we won't be in trouble. <laughs> so that's one of the that's my main reasons, really, why we're talking English outside. Okay. But in theory, at home we speak in English, and outside outside in the street and all that. Uh, we speak in in Spanish. And our kids, yes, they do speak. I mean, Alex sometimes, Papa, we're outside, we cannot speak in English. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and then we shift into Spanish. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Okay, let, let's, uh, let's wrap up with some rapid-fire questions. Definitely, absolutely. What have you read or watched recently that you really enjoyed, you think other people should read or watch? Oh, let me see. Let me see. I just go to the things that I'm normally most familiar with and that I like, uh, which is the, the Vic of Dibley and Country File, which is from BBC. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I would not recommend that if you're not into that, really. It's more of a soap opera thing. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that I've watched recently. I don't know. I haven't watched anything worth watching, really, have recently. You, have you seen any movies? Uh, I watched, yeah. You know what? I was actually telling Becca, it's been years since I, I went, went to the to the cinema. I've been wanting to watch, uh, not the Pink Panther, the other one, uh, with the, the, <laughs> the Panther black, guy. The Black Panther. The Black, the black Panther, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the Black Panther and the Avengers right, right, recently. And uh, uh, well, the other ones that they have been coming out, I said, I haven't watched any of these. Yeah. So I'm really, really behind on my film, film watching. But I do watch Mary Poppins very regularly, which is one of my favorite films. Nice. And so I'm looking forward for the new one that's coming. Oh. Uh, and would for sure I will have to go and watch that one. <laughs> yeah, who's who's the new Mary Poppins? Yes. The new Mary Poppins is Emily Blunt, I believe. Oh, I believe. nice. And uh, I don't know who does uh, Bird, but I know uh, Dick Van Dyke will do uh, some sort of a cameo there at okay. some point. But okay. that's all I know, really. Not much, really. Wow. But yes, uh, it, I'll have to watch it because it's my favorite film of yeah. all times. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but yes, well, yeah. any books that you've read? Any books read? read. Oh, recently I I only just finished uh, uh, a biography of C.S. Lewis uh, by Alistair McGrath. uh, Alistair McGrath, sorry. And it was C.S. Lewis Alive. That is definitely worth reading. Mm. I mean, anything from Alistair McGrath is worth reading, really. Mm. Uh, But that one, it was very good. I think it was done very thoroughly. And uh, it shed a lot of light to some stereotypes and conventions that we have of him in terms of when he became a Christian hmm. and all that. Not that it really matters, really, but, you know, if you're into his life and all that, it really does give you more of, of the humanity of him, you know, and how much he was of a, another human being. Sometimes hmm. we, we put his words so high up there that we can forget that he was actually a flawed person too. Mm-hmm. But, yes, it was good. It was very good. I, I really liked it. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's uh, the best meal that you've had recently? 
the best meal oh dear i mean i live in spain so <laughs> that's saying a lot uh i would have to say one is called is i'll say it in spanish and then translate what it is yeah. it's called huevos rotos okay and so basically what what it is is a whole bed of of chips or fries right french fries okay and they put another bed on it of uh, ham cure ham spanish Ooh. cure ham and then on top of it two or three however much you want to eat fried eggs Ooh. that as you you actually break it you cut it yeah. when you're about to eat it so literally what it's translated into is broken eggs <laughs> uh and that's it's so it's very simple and very so delicious it's so mm. good yeah any so cheese I've, I've had that recently any cheese on top you can put cheese in yeah, it yeah, yeah. You can, oh actually next time i'm making i'm gonna put some cheese in it yeah oh yeah you yeah. you've proved it right now <laughs> <laughs> oh definitely that I sounds really that. good absolutely yeah. Yeah. huevos rotos uh-huh that's okay. right when you come here with your wife and, and, and baby <laughs> yes then you have to try it we'll we'll definitely cook it absolutely definitely. yes yeah. please <laughs> will, will you be seeing joel is he coming to spain uh I don't know. No, I know he's been on a break. Okay. He's on sabbatical or something, right? Yeah, he's, but, uh, it's about to start. And I know his fa his father, yes. His yeah. father is about an hour away from, from here. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really know okay. if he will be... Uh, I don't know where he will be and if I'll be actually in Granada because I have a bunch of trips coming up because of the podcast and all that oh, okay. uh, soon. So, so I don't know if I'll be here, but I would definitely do that. Love We'd we'll love to see him, especially yeah. here. My yeah. goodness, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, just just send him home with some uh, huevos rotos if he does come. Oh, that would be lovely. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> I don't know that it would keep absolutely. that long. <laughs> I don't know. I, think, I don't know. Maybe. It's a matter of trying. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, what what is the nerdiest thing that you're into right now? Like the thing that... Oh, goodness. <laughs> if there's a big group of guys in Denver, Colorado, and you had to go uh -huh. up and tell them, I really like this thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I think I will have to pick two. Okay. One is really nerdy, and students make fun of me all the time because of this, and that is uh, watching on the internet on YouTube actually sheep herding trials. <laughs> Do you, yeah, it's just really weird. But hey, I like it. I actually, I'm very much into sheep. Okay. I, and okay. I know a bunch of of their breeds and all that. So I actually. <laughs> Love that. The, just having the, the, the shepherd, you know, controlling the dog and bringing the herd back. Yeah. I just love that. It, it's yeah. quite purposeless, but. <laughs> okay, sheep herding trials. Wow. Yep. Okay, all right. So that's number one. Oh, yes, right. Sorry. <laughs> well, the second one is, is less nerdiest, but it's just I don't read any fiction at all. I just read things. And specifically, I. Uh, increasing my reading on liturgy because, uh, as I say, I normally say I normally want to, when I grow up, I want to be uh, a liturgist. So we'll see where mm. that like, leads me. But so liturgy, I'm reading into liturgies and different from different backgrounds, different denominations and stuff. And I'm doing that a little bit as well. So that's a bit nerdy or niche rather than than nerdy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, the sheep herding trial is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Have you heard? Um, uh, I think it's called Liturgy of the Ordinary. Yes, I've heard of it, but I don't know that much of it, really. Yeah, I, I haven't read it either yet, but I've heard that it's excellent. Tish Harrison Warren, right. I think is her name. Um, uh huh. But yeah, I've heard. And it's... 
Oh, go ahead. So, there's some. I think they're actually coming up with a podcast as well with it, right? Or something. Oh, That's actually they? I heard of it. Oh, good. I think so. I'm not okay. sure. I might be mistaken, but but I've heard of it in a podcast and about coming into making a podcast or something like that. Yeah, we'll have to look. But out yes, for that. it's on my waiting list for sure. There you yes, go. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> last question, Sam. If you uh-huh. could, if you could put a billboard anywhere in the world, uh-huh. where would you put okay. it, and what would it say? Oh. Uh, this reminds me of the interview with Matt. Sorry, no, yes. was it Matt? No, Dan Marotta, actually. Oh, okay. Was, I was running, and you asked him the same question, and I was thinking, oh, where would I put it? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, anyway, um, I would say, I would actually put it, and if I could pick multiple places or just one, yeah. I would put it at the door of, an em- of a church, or every church, really. Yeah. And what would you say you said? Uh, whatever uh, you wanted to say. Okay, okay. Yes. What I would say? Well, I would say perhaps how will it how will you let your life change really after hmm. what you've experienced there in in the service, hmm. whatever service, you know? It's to I was once in California and living in one church and uh uh you know as part of my trip and all that and they said, "Now you're going to the mission." I said, "That's brilliant. That's absolutely hmm. brilliant." Hmm. And and that's actually a thing where I would put is you put in every single church, uh, uh, you know, as in, come and everyone's welcome and all that. At the back, as, as people are leaving, I would put, how is your life going to be changed from what you heard and experienced and worshipped here? Or who yeah. you've worshipped here today? Yeah. Uh, because I think much more than that can be done, really. But yes, I think, I don't know if that's a bit boring, but I think that would be actually one that I would put. Oh, I think that's good. I think that's, you know, that's why we do a benediction every Sunday and ask people to, put their their hands out to receive the benediction and receive their their blessing out into the world so i think that's good absolutely yeah yes indeed quite so yes how's the sunset there it was still sun it's oh, quite okay. sunny still. okay uh we i don't even know i can tell you let me look at my phone because i'm sure that we have we, we're still quite hot in here mm. let me see we are currently 19 degrees, oh no, 23 degrees Celsius, which I have no idea what that is in Fahrenheit, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Here, let's, I'll, uh, I'll search yes, for 23 it. is not quite hot. It's like, yeah, it's just mental. Uh, yes, Kate's playing um, outside. Mm, 74 and, degrees know, Fahrenheit. Yes. Wow, 74, yeah, my yeah. goodness, that even so, makes it hotter. <laughs> a beautiful day, it sounds like. Yes, yeah. it is, it really is. Now, there's no more rain, and most likely we won't get any more rain. And it, from now on, it's just going to be hot, hotter, and hell, basically. <laughs> for yes. <laughs> well, go go help your wife with with her sweaty yes, kids. Yes, will okay? do. Yeah. Yes. Hey, absolutely. Good to talk to you. You too, James. Take care. Big hug. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this month's episode of the Park Church Podcast. Uh, If you want to check out anything that we talked about today, including those sheep herding videos, uh, you can go to parkchurchdenver.org slash park-podcast. There you'll see Sam's picture, and you can click on that to get into the show page uh, and and check out the show notes and the resources and all of that. Um, If you enjoy the Park Church Podcast, share it with a friend, subscribe in iTunes, uh, rate and review us while you're there. Uh, We really appreciate you uh, sharing the podcast if it's something that you enjoy so please do that um yep that'll do it for this month 
we'll be back here next month. I think we're going to be talking with uh, Campus Outreach. And so if you've wanted to know more about what they're up to here in the city of Denver and then uh, across the United States, we'll give you a little more info on that next month. Thanks again for listening. Take care.